0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Total Football Analysis Bundesliga podcast. Um, every week, Cam, Megan, and I—sometimes uh, it's just us, sometimes we're joined by a guest—but we will go through a topic based uh, on the obviously on the Bundesliga, hence why you're here—and um, really sort of set the world to rights in terms of uh, analysis. And this week, we are joined by um, another Total Football Analysis analyst, Nicholas Hemmer. And Nicholas is from Germany. Uh, he's a Schalke fan. And I really enjoyed an article that Nicholas uh, wrote um, last month, I want to say, on Bundesliga players that were coming to the end of their contract and could be uh, certainly at least an interesting pickup for size this summer. So I invited Nicholas on to talk about these players and perhaps a few more that weren't in the article. So um, that's what we're going to do. So, Nicholas, hello, how are you? hey good how are you i'm very good and cam you should be there hello cam all right there you go that was an enigmatic response cam excellent <laughs> um so the three players that were in nicholas were charles aranguiz yannick Habra, and kevin Stoger. and so we're going to talk about those three players to begin with and then i know cam and i came up with a list of some other players that we were interested in as well so let's start with Charles Alenguiz and I'm going to hand over to Nicholas to introduce us to uh, Alenguiz. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think Alenguiz
1: is the best player that has an expiring contract of all those players that I um, mentioned. So I think it's not only because he has the highest market value but because he's just a very complete midfielder. So he is quite decent defensively but especially when it comes to the build-up and his behavior in possession. Um, I think he's still one of the best midfielder in the Bundesliga, despite his age of 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually always pass the ball to him and he will find a solution. So one can say that he's very good within tight areas and also has a drive forward. Um, so he likes to join the attack and his output is not bad either. I mean... Last season, he had seven assists as a defensive midfielder, which is not bad. Um, and I think Leverkusen, um, I mean, I think for Leverkusen, it wouldn't be catastrophic if he leaves because they are actually well prepared on that position with, um, Bay, Amiri Baumgartlinger and also Palacios who joined them in the winter. But I still mm-hmm. think that Arangis should be able to play on that level for another two to three years. And mm-hmm. therefore, I would I would say that it makes sense to extend his contract if he wants to end. Um, I mean, apparently, Leverkusen wants to extend his contract, but it looks like that he might have some doubts about it, um, which is understandable if you consider that he's 30 years old and um, this might be his last big contract.
0: Yeah, and that's that seems to certainly be the case with a few of the players that we're going to be talking about today, where the general rumblings uh, online are that the clubs are offering these players contracts, perhaps lowballing them a little bit, and players are either hanging, you know, sort of hanging on for a little bit more, or perhaps sort of just chancing the market and seeing what they're worth. Um, certainly interesting when you when you talk about the other players that Leverkusen have got in that midfield. Um, Midfield role, and I know that Palac- Palacios has been very uh, a very interesting signing. I know football manager fans will be mm-hmm. well aware of Ezequiel Palacios, and he's you know he's looked he's looked okay so far since he's come in. He's certainly an interesting talent. Um, w- I mean, would you argue that he's more of a more of an eight than Aranguiz? Um, to be honest, I haven't seen
1: so much of Palacios yet, but I think he's more of an offensive-minded player than Aranguiz. So. I think Arangis is also responsible for initiating the build up and, um, yeah, for ensuring that there's a balance between offense and defense. So, um, especially if he plays with Demir or Amiri, he's mostly the more defensive minded player. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I think it can also be suitable if he plays together with, uh, with Palacios. And Palacios is the one that is more in charge of driving forward and Arangiz is responsible for protecting the defense um, when it comes to attack
0: Yeah, I think I think one thing that I particularly like about Arangiz is, I mean, he's he's tiny, but I think with a lot of these South American players, particularly South American midfielders, he has a lot of bite to him. Um, and I think Cam would certainly <laughs> like that about him. I know yeah. Cam likes his players uh, a little bit rough around the edges. Cam, any thoughts on Arangiz? I was I was just going to say, um,
2: Nicholas, you mentioned in the article as well. He's He's a good combination of a midfielder who can play the ball um, within Leverkusen's system. But if they lose it, he can also go and win it back as well, really well with that, that kind of aggression to him. Um, I think with, with, within Leverkusen's midfield, I don't think they can get a player with the same ability as um, Aaron Keys for a decent fee. So, so it only makes sense that they're trying to renew his contract. But I was surprised to hear actually that he's that he's considering not um, agreeing to a new deal because I'm not sure where else he'd would go potentially.
0: Yeah, and something I was I was reading um, a book called Edge by Ben Littleton, which is about uh, what businesses can sort of take from from football's leading thinkers. And one thing that he spoke a lot about is cohesiveness. And I can't remember what report that he referenced, but he said that he said there's been a, a fair bit of work done on. The, the importance of keeping a side together, and essentially, he was, he was just saying, if if a player asks for for more money, or they ask for a contract, it's just financially and certainly within t- like a team cohesion um, sense, it's just worth it's worth keeping keeping uh, players on board. And I think you're right that for for the price that it would cost to replace a player of Aranguiz's, you know, talent and uh, role within the side. Yeah, I think hopefully for Leverkusen fans, as it comes closer to the sort of the uh, deadline of offering contract, hopefully um, they will put that one together. Um, let's move on to Kevin Stöger, who um, I, I mean, I was really interested to read this part of Nicholas's article, um, and Stöger is pretty pretty new to the Bundesliga, but um, I take it that Nicholas, you're a fan. Yeah, I can say so.
1: Um, I mean, he's one of the most underrated players in the Bundesliga, I would say. Um, Probably it's just because he plays for Düsseldorf and doesn't get so much attention. Um, So he's mostly used as an advanced midfielder, but enjoys a lot of freedom. So um, similar to Arangis, he's responsible for initiating the build-up, but you will also see him um, driving forward. and. Playing the the last part that leads to a chance, um, so even last year he was actually one of the key players of Düsseldorf. And despite players like Raman and Lukewacky who got most of the praise because of their um, because of their offensive output and all the goals they scored, um, but Sugar was actually responsible for progressing the ball and providing the chances that. Um, in the end converted. So um, I think you could also see this season because you missed half of the season due to a torn ACL. Um, and Dusseldorf was the most harmless team of the Bundesliga. So um, I wrote it in another article before they they expected goals per shot is only 0.6, um, which is an awful number, to be honest. And since he came back, that has really improved. So. Um, he has settled in very well again, despite being out for such a long time. Um, and I think he already has three assists in eight games so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he already, um, already announced that he would like to go for another challenge because I don't think that he can expect too much, um, when staying at off because they will always fight against relegation. Um, so I think it's very likely that he will look for a bigger challenge um, and, yeah, for a team that can compete for the <clears throat> Euro pick, at least.
0: Do you, I mean, presumably you don't think that he's, he's sort of, the finished article such, wh- where could Sturger improve, do you think, going forward?
1: Yes, <clears throat> I think um, defensively he's not really good. I mean, um if you consider that he's played as an advanced midfielder, he also has defensive duties. Um, I think it's important that he has someone next to him that is better defensively and takes a bit of his responsibilities because, um, defensive duels in general are not, yeah, his biggest strength because he's a very small player. Um, and his strengths are definitely with the ball. So. You might find him dispossessed or um, um, easily drilled past. So I think that's his biggest weakness. But it's a weakness that you can hide, so to say, if you um, position him or play him next to other players that take over his uh, his responsibility. Cam, Cam,
0: anything that you'd like um, to?
2: Add? I'd probably just ask a question to Nicholas as well on what kind of club do you think he could end up at if he's if he's going to leave Dusseldorf? What level? of the Bundesliga would be best for him do you think
0: or outside the Bundesliga
2: mm.
1: <clears throat> yeah that, that's a good question I mean um apparently he wants to play in the Europa League or even Champions League um so it might be a club that is competing for those cups um I, I, I initially thought that Gladbach might be um, a suitable candidate but I think he's kind of similar to Lashlo Banish, um, who developed really well. So um that might be a reason for them to say, Okay, we we wanna play him a little bit more and don't wanna sign Stöger. Um so I think clubs that are below average like Schalke, Wolfsburg, um that kind of clubs might be um suitable for him. Because also because of his um style of play, especially for Schalke, they they really have a lack of creativity and Sugar might be
0: very helpful. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, well, let's move on to the the third player that you brought up in that article. So I think for the, the two we're saying mm. so far, we're saying Sugar is going to probably test the market, whereas we think Adam Gies is going to stay. Is that right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I would agree on that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to the last one. We've got Yannick Haber, <laughs> who. Um, so I, I personally think Harbra is one of, if not the most underrated player in the Bundesliga. I'm a huge Harbra fan. And I was delighted to see his name brought up in your article. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Yannick Harbra. Yeah. As you just mentioned, I think
1: he's another player that is slightly underrated. Um, I think that's mostly because he doesn't have any qualities that really stand out. So um, He doesn't have a great output offensively, although he's often played as an advanced midfielder or even as a wide winger. Um, mm-hmm. Neither is he technically gifted, um, but he, he's still a very versatile player. And I think you can tell us a bit more about him because he wrote a whole scout report on him. Um, but I think the, the versatility and... Um, his intelligence, his insane work rate, um, and also his his feeling for occupying spaces um, are his biggest strength and make him a very, very
0: valuable player for any team that is likely to sign him. Absolutely, and I think I think that he, because of his work rate, I think he could certainly transition to the Premier League. Um, so I don't think he'll have any shortage of suitors this summer if Freiburg can't hold on to him. I think the the one thing I'd like to jump on that you mentioned there, Nicholas, is his occupation of space. And I think when you look at Harbour, you're absolutely right. He doesn't doesn't fill up the stat sheet. He hasn't got any sort of outliers where you go, wow, okay. Um, He's he's particularly good at this just by looking at stats. But I think there's things that he does which wouldn't show up on a stat sheet. And I think that he is Mm -hmm. excellent at dropping in or creating space for others to receive a pass. Um, We so often see him drop into the back line, particularly into a right back position to receive the ball. He loves receiving the pass, uh, facing the opposition goal. It, you so It's so rare to see Harborough, um drop in to receive the ball and then turn on it. That's just not his style of play. Um, he likes to see the pitch, but so often with his movement, we see him move the opposition rounds. It's constantly dropping in, bringing defenders with him, creating space behind him. Um, something I've seen him often do is when the ball is with a center back he'll he'll start from a central position or a higher up position move away from the ball to create space to then move into to receive and he'll continuously do this throughout the game until he feels that this sort of his markers got a a hold on this kind of rhythm this this tactic as such and then you know the fourth or fifth time he won't drop back in and he'll leave that space for the center back to either drive into or hit that center forward and then um, suddenly he, he's now goal side of his marker and he can he can contribute um, with with space and he'll be facing the goal. So he's a very intelligent player. Um, often makes runs in behind as well. And uh, yeah, dropping in on what you said as well about versatility, I think that, I mean, he can play a wide range of positions. I, I do like him as a right winger if he's playing against a, a shorter left back. Um, that's always a good matchup if they're looking to sort of hit crosses to the back post um mm. and i think even though he hasn't been used i actually i said to cam a few times i think he'd be a good right back um so i think he, yeah he's got a lot of he's got a lot of potential and he's got he's definitely gonna have a lot of market value and i think along with Sturga and maybe maybe one other that we're going to talk about i don't think he's reached his potential just yet so it could be interesting to see what happens with him cam anything you want to add on Harborough? No,
2: you covered all that. You you seem to love him so much. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do love him. Um, what do you think is his best position? Then I mean,
1: you mentioned that he could play as a right back, which mm-hmm. I would definitely agree on. Um, but I but I have some doubts that he's suitable to play as a right winger because he's not not really tricky. He's not really speedy. So i would hmm. actually prefer seeing him as an advanced midfielder as in a kind of free-flowing role where um he has the freedom to join the attack and also as you just mentioned um support the build-up and um yeah can basically do what he's best at
0: and um make use of his work rate i, I don't think i could have put it better i think that that is exactly how i how i feel about that as well i think you've Nailed that one on the head there, Nicholas. Okay, so let's move on to some players that weren't in the article. And we're going to work for a few. I think the first one that we've got to talk about, because it's been in the headlines this week, is that Mario uh, Goetze has announced that he is not going to be at Borussia Dortmund next season. He has changed agents as well. So it's all sort of going on there. The tabloids... um, in England have already linked both Liverpool and Everton for him I'm not sure he'll be going to Liverpool personally I could <laughs> see him going to Everton um, yeah let's let's talk about him because he's a he's a really interesting player he's still a talented player I think he's fallen off but I don't personally I don't think he's fallen off as much as people like to claim he had. Um he's had a difficult time of injuries he's had a difficult time finding a place in that Dortmund starting eleven, Nicholas, let's go over to you to begin with. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would
1: definitely agree on what you just said. I mean, he's definitely a completely different player than he used to be six or seven years ago um, with a different skill set. But as you mentioned, he's still a really good player. And um, in my opinion, he was just used incorrectly in the previous season by Lucien Favre when he was played as a false nine up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that for years, even under Guardiola at Bayern, that this is not his best position. Mm. Um, and apparently he had his best time under Peter Bosch in 17-18 um, when he was played as an advanced midfielder and was a regular starter and played really, really well. But unfortunately for him, Bosch um, was, uh, got sacked after a few months and Afterwards, he was banished again. And, um, that was basically the best time for him at Dortmund in the, in the last four or five years, um, whenever he moved there. Um, but I, but I think he's still a really good player because he's technically gifted. He has a really high footballing intelligence, um, and also still a great passing. So I would say that this is probably his biggest strength. And therefore I think that he can help a lot of teams, um, I don't think he's really suited for the Premier mm-hmm. League um, because you know that better than I do. But the Premier League is still really physical and very intense. And I think that's something that gets us still lack. Um, I could rather see him going to a country like Italy, for example, because I don't think that he will stay in Germany, considering that he already played for Bayern and Dortmund. The two biggest clubs, and also earned a high wage. I would say, Um, so I think most clubs are not able to pay that, and therefore I think he will move. Um, But I'm I'm not quite sure that the Premier League would be the right move.
0: Yeah, I I I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more with what you're saying there. And I think um, I think Italy would be a smart move. I think Spain perhaps as well. I I, I'm with you. I I don't think. England would be the best move for him, but I still could see him making that move just from a financial standpoint because he is on a big contract and I don't see him willing to take a big pay cut because I would only imagine that Dortmund did not offer him the same contract that he's on. Cam, anything you want to add to that? You, I heard uh, <laughs> scoffs whilst, yeah. whilst I mentioned the the Liverpool transfer. I room. think we've been
2: linked with Mario Götze since... Klopp joined as manager pretty much every single cancer window.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I mean, he's definitely a, a technically gifted player and his decision-making, it's not as good as it used to be, but he's, he's still certainly a useful player, like Nicholas mentioned. Um, Everton does sound like, for some reason in my head, it sounds like a transfer that could happen. It sounds like something that makes sense just because...
0: I think he'd do very well in, in Italy. I think he'd be... Uh, suited to sort of how they see number 10s playing. Um, I don't think, I'm I'm not necessarily sure he'd go to any of the top four, but I think Napoli and Roma would would certainly be interested. Um, But I don't see Atalanta. I mean, Atalanta's number 10, Papu Gomez, is one of my favorite players at the moment. He's he's fantastic. I don't see him fitting in there. Um, Similar style of player, though. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, in Germany, there was a report where he was linked
1: to the Milan clubs and also um, to Roma. So I don't think that he would go to mm-hmm. Inter, especially because they just signed Eriksen, who is kind of similar, just way better than Götze, but yes. they have a similar yep. set of play, I would say. Um, but I think Roma could be a good option for him. Um, I don't don't know if Pellegrini is likely to stay there. Um, but I think they play a 4-2-3-1 most of the time so I could imagine him him going there but that's, you yeah. know
2: Yeah, so the Everton link does make some kind of sense to me, I mean, although England's it's fought from the outside as a very, very aggressive league um, the PPDA of the league is above average, so it's 11.67 Um. So I mean, certainly when top six teams tend to play the, the bottom half teams, it, it tends to be a, a low block or a mid block pretty much all of the time. Um, and Everton don't seem to have much of that creative force. I mean, they've got Gilfie Sigurdsson as their main creator. I know following Everton fans on Twitter, they're not the greatest fans of him. Um, I mean, with, with Gertz as well, you've also got to consider his, his medical history and his, the problems had there and whether or not... Team would want to take a risk on, if that regard. Has he got that issue sorted now, or Uh,
0: ish? Ish. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, with with anything with injuries, I mean, it's it's a sort of time will tell. And unfortunately, he hasn't really been able to nail down a a sort of regular starting position. So it's been, (laughs) it's it's been. The jury's out as such. Yeah. I think um sorry there, anything you wanna add to that?
1: Yeah, I just looked at his stats from the previous five years and he only made more than twenty games in the Bundesliga two times. So um I mean one reason for that was that he wasn't um lined up so often, but he also had some serious injury problems and um I think even this year he was out for a while and that's definitely something that you have to consider and That's also something that I realized among most of the players that are on an expiring contract, that they had some serious injury problems over the last season.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I could be wrong. I think this year his main sort of games that he missed though was just through, I think it was just through illness. I don't think he's had anything too serious since maybe like 2018. Um.
2: I'm sure he had some
0: like metabolic
2: disease or something that was making him lose weight or gain weight or something. It was, it was. A-
0: yeah, I think I think Everton fans perhaps might be banging their head against the wall though. They do bring him in because it's going to be a big contract. He does come with a reputation, as we've just said, of of sort of being injury prone. And I think I think Everton fans are hoping for a slightly more forward thinking, long term approach to recruitment going forward. I could be wrong. I'm not an Everton fan. That's just the. Vibe I get.
1: Is currently uh, uh, usually playing in a four. Yeah, I think that's an, another reason why it might be difficult because I couldn't really see him as, as a or in a double pivot because therefore he's defensively not so good. Um, so I think the most suitable role for him would be in a four three three
0: or <laughs> um, four two three one. But yeah. Okay, let's let's move on to uh, someone that I spoke to uh, Nicholas about before we start re- recording because Nicholas told me he's a Schalke fan. So let's talk about Daniel Caligiuri, who is an interesting one for me. Um, I think he, I think a year ago he was being linked with with top Italian teams. I think he was particularly good. At, I mean, you could disagree with me. This is my opinion. I thought I thought he was good under Tedesco. I think he's starting to show a bit of age. I think John Joe Kenny has done well this year, and from what I understand, is he's pretty keen to make the loan move permanent. So, what is your opinion on Daniel Kalajuri whose contract's also up this summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just mentioned it that
1: um, he became one of the key players under Tedesco when he was played as a right wing back, mm-hmm. um, and he also had a great offensive output. So. He was good defensively, very dangerous offensively, and really one of the key and most, um, dangerous players when it comes to the attack of Schalke. And even last year when Schalke had a really, really bad season and they fought against relegation, he was one of the players that still performed on a relatively high level. Mm. Um, but as you just mentioned, this season Wagner, um, usually lined his team up in a, uh, 4 for two diamond um so his position that he used to play the last two years is not there anymore um and john joe kenny played as a right back so he moved one position forward and i think he struggled a bit um he just showed uh, he still so uh, he still showed some good performances performances but um there was a lack of output and um, I think when you talk about Schalke players, you also have to consider that the current situation of Schalke, especially the financial one, um, is not so good because, I don't know if you've heard it, but it was reported that 13 of 36 Bundesliga clubs will have serious financial constraints um, if the season doesn't continue um, or already have those constraints. And Schalke is apparently one of those clubs, so they they have already asked their fans to wait the repayment for their season tickets, for instance. Um, so they won't be able to pay tremendous wages or tremendous transfer mm. fees. Um, and similar to Kali Caligioui is also on a relatively high contract, I would say, because Schalke used to play high fees. Um, so therefore, if he wants to stay, he has to agree to pay cuts, um, I'm pretty sure. So that would be also something that has to be considered. Um, I could imagine that Schalke wants to sign him for another one or two mm-hmm. years, but I'm pretty sure that he would like to sign a contract that is at least for three years so that he has some kind of certainty. And um, I'm also not quite sure if he would agree to pay cuts.
0: Yeah, I think, and I, th- I think one of the rumors I heard is that they had offered him a contract sort of beginning of this year and it wasn't a lower wage. They did sort of go in with a low ball offer and I think he, by all accounts he he turned yeah. that down but I'm, you know, I'm not sure if that's 100% true. I think they'll be waiting to see whether John Joe Kenny does make the move permanent, whether Everton offer a reasonable price because I think if, if Kenny goes back to Everton, that puts a lot of pressure on them in that position and I could see... That maybe forcing their hand a little bit to to offer Caligiuri something. Cam, anything you'd like to add? Well, I know on on that
2: John Joe Kenny point. I mean, um, to Debo, uh, Schalke have asked Barcelona to have him on loan for another season instead of making the move permanent because they can't afford oh, wow. to pay the transfer fee. Um, so that might end up being the same situation with Kenny. Um, Interesting. So that might even, a good impact insight. whether or not whether or not Caligiuri gets it, but. I mean, as Nicholas mentioned, his output—he's um, got a twenty-six point three percent cross and accuracy this season, which isn't good. Um, but it, again, like any player in Schalke's midfield, he's, he's disciplined and he's tactically quite good, and he's, he he can be kind of versatile because he can play in the right uh, right wing, right back, or
0: he in can center play centre mid as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's going to stay, Nicholas? To be
1: honest, I don't think so. Um, I actually hope that he stays because I think he's a decent player and, um, maybe he won't be a key player next year, but he's still a good addition to the squad, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. but to be honest, I don't think that he will stay because of the aforementioned pay cuts that he would have to agree on. And I, I can also imagine, um, I can also understand that he wants to have a contract, um, Yeah, where he earns the same amount that he does currently because it's probably the last, um, big contract that he will sign. I could see him going to Italy, for example, because as you just mentioned that he had offers from Italy and he also, um, said that he could imagine going there one day. And yeah, that's why I don't think he would sign a new contract.
0: And as far as I'm aware, I don't think he's played for the national team yet. And was he 32? Is he 32? Yeah, he's 32. He's 32. So if he's going to do it, I think now would be the right time. Uh, Okay, let's keep it in the Schalke family then. And Benjamin Stambouli, who I'm sure uh, some of our Premier League fans that are listening will remember him from a, uh, well, (laughs) less than memorable stay at Tottenham. Um, I mean, yeah, tell us a little bit about Sambuli and whether you think he will be offered a contract.
1: Yeah, I think it's a similar case to Kali Jury because um, when Sambuli came in 2016, I guess, um, there were also many concerns and he hasn't had a good first season. But when Tedesco um, came, he has developed extremely well since um, Tedesco started to play him as a wide centre back. And if you look at Schalke's build-up this season, for example, um, it almost only consisted of him playing excellent long balls because um, his build-up is definitely one of his biggest strengths and you could really see a drop-off um, for Schalke when he got injured in October, um, which brings us to one problem of him, that he's out since October. And I think it's still not quite sure when he will be able to return um, so I think he's, he's, definitely a good player, but I could imagine that he also looks for a new challenge if you consider, um, the pay cuts that I just mentioned and also that the center back position of Schalke is actually the one, um, where Schalke has the most talent. Um, they have Osan Kabak, Salif who also played really well until he got injured. Um Nastasic and as Ken just mentioned, they try to get Sodibu for another season. And they also have a very talented youth player that was already linked with Liverpool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. whose name is Malik Kiaw. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um but yeah, he's a central defender and he already scored eight goals in 20 games for the under, ni- under nine under nineteen, mm-hmm. Um which is pretty impressive for a centre back. So um yeah, I would really I really hope that somebody stays because I really like him and he's one of those players that really identify themselves with the club um, and also played really, really, really well. Um, but yeah, I have some doubts that he would agree to a new contract. Um, and I think that there are many clubs that might have some interest in him. Cam, do you want to
2: add to that? Yes. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say I, I don't like. I don't like Stambouli as much as as Nicholas as I don't think. Um, I mean, build up wise, I think I think he's okay. I don't think he's a great player. I think I mean, Shalka have now got that financial constraint which impacts the transfers as we keep mentioning. Um, but they've got players within the centre back position which I think are better defenders and marginally worse at build up. Um, so if we just compare Stambouli's um, Final third passes and things like that uh, to other players. Uh, his his through passes per ninety that that's his main his main standout stat on Y scout. So he, he averages zero point nine five uh, per ninety compared to say uh, Robin Canock, who we we're going to talk about. Um, he averages zero point four three. Uh, so Istanbul is okay at the build up, um, but Schalke's build up isn't that inventive anyway. And I think if they had to. Get rid of a player who I presume is on a fairly high wage, and um, I think Stambouli would be a decent choice for it, particularly just as well from from his standpoint at, at Spurs. I think he was uh, more of a defensive midfielder, and he's made that transition back into the centre back area. Um, most of his most of the time, he wins the ball back for Schalke. He does he does like to step out sometimes and um, go into that defensive midfield role, which kind of helps Schalke a little bit at times. Um, but I think Schalke have got enough centre-backs that they'll be prepared to let him go. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Nicholas.
1: Yeah, I would agree on what you just said, especially that Schalke has enough good centre-backs to get rid of him. And um, I still think that his build-up is the best of those players that Schalke has at hand currently. Um, but I think defensively, players like Kabak or Shani um, are definitely not worse and probably even better um, so yeah I would agree that it might be a good solution if you want to get rid of one of those especially if you consider that Schalke only plays with two centre-backs and Istanbul would stay, they might have six next year um, which is definitely too much even if they qualify for the Europa League and therefore I would agree that
0: it might make sense to get rid of them Okay, well, let's move on to one of the people that Cam just mentioned, which is Robin Kanoka. Um, Interesting player. And he's had a... He's been at Wolfsburg for some time. um, And he had a sort of frustrating, certainly frustrating beginning of the season where he couldn't really nail down a regular starting role, but has definitely started to see more minutes in a Wolfsburg defense that had a mid-season wobble, but uh, started to steady itself as the season progressed. Nicholas, any thoughts on Konocco? Yeah, I was, I was very
1: high on Robin Knochel in fourteen fifteen 15 when Wolfsburg was actually the second best team in Germany with um, De Bruyne, Perisic, um, Bastos and a lot of good players but since then he kind of stagnated I would say and hasn't developed really well so I think one reason for that is Wolfsburg development in general um, because they they fought against relegation the previous years and um, you could see that this had an impact on him because he was not always a regular starter and I think he's one of those players that needs um, some kind of confidence and it's difficult to really build up confidence if you lose almost every game. So you could see last year and even this year that um, yeah he has established himself as a regular starter again and I think his numbers look um, pretty decent and also his build-up is quite good. Um But he seems to be a bit too soft in my opinion in many defensive duels. So I think his upside is very limited and you can't expect too much of a player um that turns 28 this year. And therefore I could imagine him staying at Wolfsburg, but I don't see him um, going to another club that has even higher ambitions. So I still think he's a player that is slightly below average, low average center back in the Bundesliga, but not more than that.
0: I yeah. Say. And I, I think, I think you're right. I do think he'll stay at Wolfsburg, um, whether or not he's you know committed to it as of yet. And yeah, you're absolutely right about statistically. He does show up in a few areas that 73% defensive dual uh, win percentage, which you alluded to earlier, that is the 10th highest in the league. So, you know, by no means is that anything to be sniffed at. Um, also, six point six interceptions per game, which puts him, I think, twenty first in the league as well. Um, I agree with you. I think aerially, he's okay. he's he's okay. He's not anything special at all. Um, I do like on the ball. I think he's a, he's a relatively good ball progressor. Um, but yeah, I, I I have to agree with you, Nicholson. He's not he's not an outstanding player. He's not really anyone that you're going to, to bring up as wow this you know this could be a great pick up this summer um, but I think he's I think he's a relatively safe pair of hands and I think it'd be a much easier option for Wolfsburg to keep him um, Cam anything you'd like to add?
2: Do you think next year if Wolfsburg stay in a back four that they'll st- that knocker will be a, a starter for them with um, Pongrasic, Brooks players like that do you think he'll get in ahead of them?
0: Well I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this one if you don't mind, Nicholas. I, yeah, it's it's, it's a great it's a great point. And I I do like the looks of Pongracic, of and I, yeah, I feel maybe Kanaka is is currently just sort of holding fort whilst they're giving Pongracic time to uh, adapt and develop. But I do still think that Glasner will return at some point to that back three. I think he changed from the back three because there were some, as we've spoken about so many times this podcast, there were some very. Obvious glaring um, glaring holes with their system that were getting exploited. I think that a summer um, of perhaps investment or just another summer to really work on that system. Glasner loves that back three so much that I just I would be surprised if they don't return to it at some point. So if they do go for that back three, then they're going to need a bit more depth at, at centre back. So yeah, I could see him staying in that in that case, and, and perhaps. Perhaps starting, depending on what they do this summer. Nicholas, go for it. What do you think? No, I, I definitely agree on that.
1: I also think that um, Glasner will return to his back three because that's just his preferred um, system that he wants to play. And especially if if you consider that Wolfsburg might also qualify for the Europa League. Um, they definitely need another centre-back. I don't think that he will be a regular starter, especially because of Pongacic next season and also Gilavogi, who used to play as a Mm -hmm. centre-back at the beginning of the season when Glasner lined his team up with three at the back. So I think Mm -hmm. he might be a good addition, but I don't think that he will be a regular starter next year.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to uh we'll go for two more shall we Cam? should we go with Gelson Fernandes and Pisek or do you want to do Oscar Vent as well yeah
2: yeah I do vent as well i've got okay right,
0: well i will go for three more okay so let's talk about let's talk about Gelson Fernandes um and 33 again english fans will remember him uh, coming through at manchester city he has 12.53 defensive duels per game which is the most in europe's top 5 leagues i I'm interested, I'm really on the fence with whether he's going to stay at Frankfurt. I think um, if he leaves, he does obviously leave a hole. And, you know, he's he's good as a pivot. He keeps the ball circulating. When you watch him play, he operates close to defenders, doesn't get caught too far forward on transition. Um, and he breaks the game up well. I think if anyone's going to take a, a yellow card for the team, it's probably Gelson Fernandes. Um as I said, though it does it does leave a hole. I think Javriel So could fill that hole. He's got nine point zero one defensive jewels per game. I think he's got so he's perhaps got a, a higher ceiling. Um, well, at least perhaps in, we could talk positionally. I, I think um, he could offer more going forward than Fernandez. So yeah, I'm on the fence of that. I think he would at this point in his career maybe be looking for that sort of one more big move. I could see him going to a big club in the United States. Um, or I could see him going. I mean, I personally think he'd be a good fit at West Ham. I think he'd be a very good sort of, um, tip for tat. If that's the right phrase with, with Mark Noble. So if, if Noble he's getting on as well with, if, if, if they can reduce his minutes it's the, and bring in Fernandez. That's not a huge drop off in terms of style at least. Um, so I think maybe that makes sense.
2: Can Fernandes foul as many people as Martin Noble can within 90 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, perhaps not. Perhaps not. Um, Nicholas, what are your thoughts on Gelson Fernandes? I, I,
1: th- I think that he's, he's a solid player and definitely a good addition to his squad. So I just saw that he only played 31% of all minutes in the Bundesliga. So even this season, he's not as important as he used to be in previous years. Um, but as you just mentioned, he's rather in charge of securing the defensive stability. And especially for, for a team like Frankfurt that, um, likes to push up very high and is often, um, yeah, found very vulner- vulnerable <laughs> defensively. Um, he might be still an important addition next year, but I can see him, um, playing a key role or, um, playing significant minutes last year, so, uh, next year, so maybe he will be he will sign another contract for a year. But I don't think that um, Frankfurt
0: has to worry if he if he leaves. Interesting. And um, okay, let's let's go on to Lukas Pischek. We'll we'll run through these last few uh cam uh, I mean. What are your thoughts on Pischek? Do you think he'll still be there next year? Do you think do you think I mean, do, do you think Dortmund should offer him a contract? I mean I mean Nicholas, feel free to jump in on this as well.
2: I think he's he's the oldest player that we've talked about, isn't he? He's thirty-four now. Um but he's mm-hmm. he's played thirty two matches for Dortmund this season. Um I'm sure some of them will have been sub appearances as well. Um But I mean I would, when I was just looking through stats, I was I was fairly shocked actually with his, some of his ball playing ability. So he's played right centre back a few times as well for Dortmund this season, and um, mm-hmm. again final third passes. So he's attempted six point five four, and his accuracy on those is eighty percent. Um, which if we compare that to, uh, if we compare that to Knocker, we talked about um, before, Knocker attempts. Um, roughly the same, so 0.5 more and, and has a 70% accuracy. So I, I think is useful, but I, I'm unsure how useful he is as a, as a full-back anymore. Um, particularly, but within within his role as a full-back anymore, I'm not sure if that's um, somewhere where i will play for Borussia Dortmund anymore. Um, particularly, stepping up to replace Ashraf Akimia, they'll certainly be looking to um on the transfer market for somebody to fill that role um and Piatek I don't think he has the legs or offensive qualities to fulfill that role anymore so
0: yeah and I don't think we're going to see Favre change the back three I think he's going to want to stay with that back three the wing backs because it's been so successful um but yeah there have been there have been times where i there've been times where it's been clear to see Piszczek is is aging Um, and I don't I have no idea what his contract is right now but I can't imagine he's on a cheap deal so I would imagine he'll still be looking for a one sort of last payout. Nicholas, what are your thoughts on Piszczek?
1: Yeah I also thought if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago I would have definitely said that he's done more or less because he didn't really look well when he played but um, in the previous games he was used as a wide center back and actually played pretty decent. So um, I don't think that he will be very important last year because he only played due to the um, bad performances of Akanji. But I still think that they might give him another contract for a year,
0: Um, even though I don't think that um, he's a... Well, I know that two years ago, he said that he was going to let his contract run out and retire so he could retire at Dortmund. But I there wasn't really anything about that this year and so I think in his mind he still perhaps wants one more year. In which case maybe they'll give him just that one more year so he can retire there. It would certainly be a nice gesture. Okay, let's go um let's go for the last one. Cam, Oscar vent.
2: Yes, so I think if you'd asked me to start the season that i said um I'd expect him to run out his contract and leave. And obviously, it still hasn't been renewed. But he's he's had a better season, I think, than many people expected. Um, So, I mean, when Michael Rose was first joined, the left-back position was picked out as an area that uh, Gladbach needed to recruit in. And they went and got Rami Bensabeni, who's had not not a great first season, not not a really poor first season, but just hasn't. Filled expectations too greatly. So, Ben Sabanis had a 20% crossing accuracy. Uh, Oscar Vents has been 32 this season. Um, as a player, I think Oscar Vence, uh, as a is much better higher up than he is further back when he's defending. Um, I mean, for example, in games this season, in the build-up, uh, I think mostly of Gladbach's game against Schalke when they had Tony Janska as a left centre-back and Oscar Vent as a left-back. And Schalke seem to target that a lot and seem to win lots of um, duels in that area. Um, So left wing back has been his best role, I'd say, this season. So when Gladbach have gone to a back three in games such as Leverkusen away and Leipzig away as well, he's he's performed better simply because he's got less of that defensive responsibility. But if Gladbach do play the usual 4-2-3-1 or variations of it, you'd expect Ben Tebani next season to be stepping in so i think in many ways it'll depend what oscar vent wants to do so if they want if gladbach want to keep him as a backup and vent's happy to do that i don't see why gladbach wouldn't try and do that cuz he's not a particularly expensive player i don't think wages wise um but gladbach have kind of always been linked with uh full or centre back slash full so um, saar has been linked with them about a year now so it it depends on other transfers as well but he's had a surprisingly decent season
0: nicholas anything you'd like to add to that
2: no i
1: would
0: agree because
1: i think it's a similar case to this because he's mostly used as a backup and if Ben baini wouldn't have been injured i think he would have even played less in the previous games um so i could also see him signing another contract for a year because he's not on a um, high wage, as you just mentioned. Um, But I don't think that he will be more than a backup next year.
0: Brilliant. And that brings us to the end of the podcast this week. Um, Cam and I try to make sure that we, we vary things as much as possible every week. Obviously, there is no football on right now a lot of the signs in the news the last week or two have sort of pointed towards the Bundesliga being very committed to getting the season back going as soon as possible. Um, I know there have been some clubs, possibly every club, I'm not sure. I know there have certainly been some clubs that have players training again, whilst still maintaining the right social distancing uh, protocol. So, that's interesting to keep an eye on and um yeah thank you so much to nicholas first time we've had nicholas on we'll definitely be game on again thank you so much for coming on nicholas i hope you enjoyed it thanks for having me i definitely enjoyed it and would be happy to come back excellent and uh cam yeah see you next week mate (laughs) thank you for listening cheers bye-bye